Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Death, where is thy sting? I do not know how many of you look at the congregation at prayer sheets that you receive each week in your hymn box. This past week, it should have ended up in your email inbox due to a printer that refused to print on two sides of paper last Sunday morning, no matter how hard I beat on it. The um, study sheet is a way for all of us to be reading God's Word together. Is it perfect? No. Its author, writer, isn't perfect. And you may have another routine you follow for studying God's Word, and that's fine. But on this sheet, you will find the prayer requests that have been made by your fellow friends in Christ, your brothers and sisters who sit here in these pews with you, requests for themselves and others. Lately, there have been a good number of prayers for families that we would commonly say have lost loved ones. I personally dislike that term, but I'll get back to that later. These requests for comfort and hope in what seems to be the darkest of times are frequent. And we might ask ourselves, why? Why? Death is part of our lives. It is the other side of a coin that says life on one side and death on the other. It is unavoidable. We see it in everything around us from plants that die. Had you been here before the first service early, you would have seen the altar guild going around and pulling some of the fading buds off the Easter lilies. We see it in squirrels and geese that lose the battle with tons of steel and rubber. We even see it in our own homes with the death of pets, from goldfish to dogs that are our companions and friends. Yet still death, death is often frightening to think about. The disciples had probably thought a lot about death in the days following Jesus' crucifixion. It may not have been the first time they had witnessed someone being put to death, probably was not in that fashion. They thought about that death enough to gather behind locked doors for fear of the Jews, fear for their lives, that death would come knocking, looking for them as it had done their teacher. Their teacher they had watched die a horrible death at the hands of evil men. Their teacher that had been laid in a tomb that was now found empty. Their teacher that had, had predicted his own resurrection. The sting of death was all around them. Possibly it is around you too. It has been lurking for some time because you can't shake the loss of a loved one or a close friend. It's safe to say that the disciples easily could have been in a state of shock after Jesus' death. And then Jesus appears. Locked doors having no ability to hold him back any more than the stone could have. The stone was only removed for all to see the empty tomb, not to let a weak and powerless Jesus out. He is neither of those things. And the words he greets them with, peace be with you. Can you imagine? Have you ever had that dream, a peaceful dream? where a loved one is with you that has been dead for some time. Possibly you are like me, and, well, you dream in color and with surround sound. 
And the person you dream about is there, talking to you and others, as plain as day. And then you start to wake up and realize that Dad wasn't there for that event. He had never been in that house. And, and we, with our daughters, we were never... It becomes a bit confusing as you awaken. But in the dream, it was lifelike and peaceful. That is not what this was. Peace be with you was spoken to the disciples and all of them heard it and it drove fear from their minds and replaced it with the very thing spoken. Peace for real. The words proclaimed and made known the peace that was now had with God through his risen Son. Jesus stood with his disciples with outstretched arms, bidding them peace, having come from death, from the other side of the coin, the life or death coin. And he showed them that death was no longer the end, but really life. Sin had made such a mess of their lives, and it, and it does ours as well, brings with it illness, shame, guilt, separation from family, and most of all, separation from God. This is the way of sin for us apart from Christ and His death on the cross that atones for our sin. With His resurrection, sin no longer has death in its, as its tool. Its sting has been removed as evidenced by Jesus bodily in their presence, alive. He had not just appeared in a seemingly lifelike dream. He was really present. When he departed, they probably looked at one another and exclaimed, Christ is risen! Can you imagine poor Thomas having missed all this? We do not know why he was not there. Starbucks run? Lowe's? for a better deadbolt for the door, possibly arranging safe passage out of the city. When he gets back, he is greeted with, Thomas, Christ is risen! Yeah, good response. It wasn't his. No, those were not his words. He refused to believe. He wanted proof. Visual Tactile proof, fingers and hands, wounds kind of proof. Have you ever wanted proof like that? Thomas wasn't awful. He may have vacillated between confident or sanguine feelings to being melancholy, full of doubt. Imagine being a parent with a lost child. I've had that happen. Target. It was about two minutes. Where's Megan? Then I hear, with the parent of Megan, and I'm like, oh, and then I hear, ah! it was her, you know, two minutes, it was all. But have you ever thought about a lost child? And I know the very thought crushes something inside of us. Lost for hours, days, weeks, even years. You would have to be confident that they would be found or you would be forced to give up to a crushing defeat. 
But when you were told, we have found your child, by no matter how many voices, you may not be able to put full faith in what you are told until you can see or even touch your child in the flesh. Then you could believe. This is Thomas. Jesus knows Thomas and those like him. He came to Thomas on that eighth day and offered his body for him to touch. Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put put your hand and place it in my side. Don't disbelieve, but believe. Thomas, just seeing Jesus, replies, My Lord and my God. Not believing and trusting in Christ in his resurrection and defeat of death is a sin. It's a terrible sin. And sin, especially unbelief, is no longer to be the devil's tool to be used to bring about death. That is eternal death and separation from God the Father. Jesus bid his disciples, including the doubting one Thomas, peace be with you. Thomas saw Jesus and believed, and his sins were forgiven. And Jesus gave his disciples the same power to forgive sins, and that is a big deal. We call it the office of the keys. For those that hear God's word, law and gospel, and repent, there is forgiveness of sin and eternal life. There's the other side of that, the loving law that lets someone hear of their sin. And when they don't see it, it says, no, you're a sinner. You need to repent and be forgiven. It's hard to understand how love can work in that way to drive someone to repentance, but it does. And God gives this gift. It says, repent. The power of Jesus' resurrection was to be and is declared to all. Repent and be baptized, washed and made clean by the power of Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross and the water that flowed from His side. Receive the Holy Spirit that comes from He and the Father to create and sustain faith in you. Like Thomas hears and sees Jesus as He gives Himself to be seen on that eighth day, we also hear, peace be with you. In His words and proclaimed in Holy Scripture, and as we see Jesus as He intends to be seen in His sacraments. The Lord is with us in the water of baptism applied to our fragile, sinful bodies. And His body and blood with bread and wine are given and taken into our mouths to forgive our sins, strengthen our faith, and give us eternal life. These are means, things we can feel, taste, and touch, so that with His Word we can know He is with us. Jesus saying, do not disbelieve, but believe. For this reason, as Christians, we are never lost in death. We might get old and get lost on our way to CVS, the same one we possibly have gone to for decades, and end up three hours from home confused. We might get lost, or our car get lost, in a parking lot or a garage. Some may suffer dementia to the point of getting lost in their own home or yard. But a Christian is never lost in death. Death has lost its power and its sting. It has been taken away by our Savior. 
Jesus Christ on the cross and left in the tomb that belonged to one Joseph of Amarathea. That tomb could not contain our Lord, and with faith in Him, our tombs cannot contain our bodies either. In the Old Testament lesson, we heard of the dried bones given new life. Ezekiel prophesied, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, I will do it, declares the Lord. Raised up with new flesh and standing as an exceedingly great army, the Lord will do it. He has promised. Jesus was the firstborn with new life from the grave, with a body and heavenly flesh that his disciples recognized. We too will be raised on the last day, identifiable to those we have known and loved. In Christ, none are lost. Jesus says in John 17, I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Just as, my fa- just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I, will, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock and one shepherd. Christ, the firstborn of the dead, will call his own. None who die in him, that is with faith and hope in his resurrection as their own, will be lost. It is this faith that we live and see Christ, because truly, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.